Welcome to the Wonder Woman Club podcast. We bring you conversations that will inspire, empower, and educate you to thrive both in business and in life. My name is Vash Naidu, and I'm your host, an intuitive fempreneur coach and the founder of the Wonder Woman Club, a global community of phenomenal women doing phenomenal things in the world. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wonder Woman podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Today we have uh, Mandy Pratt, who is a phenomenal guest. Um, she is a safety coach, author, and a speaker, and she has a wonderful story to share with you all. Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell us more about who you are and what you do. Thank you so much, Vash, for having me here. It's an honor. So I do help women learn how to be safe. Um, I myself have a crazy life story in which I needed to quickly learn how to defend myself and my young son. And that was quite a while ago. That's when my son was three and he's now 19 and he's taller and stronger than I am. <laughs> so much different than back in those days. But back then I found myself kind of in a, an emergency situation where it became very dangerous and I needed to learn some actionable skills for myself. So basically when my son was three, um, I decided it was time to leave because my former husband had been abusive and I could see this was not going to change. So I decided I did not want to raise my son and continue that cycle of abuse. So we left and unfortunately my former husband spiraled down into a very dark, uh, difficult place. And he began a uh, gambling addiction and then began some other crimes, which I had no idea about. So I remember coming home and finding a little business card on my front door. And it said robbery unit coroner's office, and it had FBI on there. And I thought, oh my gosh, I remember feeling my heart just sink into my stomach thinking, great. You know, he's either in prison again, because he had gone to prison just for a short while. Um, for stealing within a casino. So I thought, okay, it's either that or he may, you know, not be with us anymore. And uh, he had threatened suicide before. So it was a plausible possibility. So I remember walking back into the home and walking up the stairs and just feeling like, oh my gosh, like, I have no idea what I'm going to find out on the other end of that phone. Right. So I called them up and they said, yeah, this is the FBI. Are you aware of where your husband has been? And is he still your husband? <laughs> And I said, no, you know, we're, we're finalizing a divorce. And they said, well, that's a really good thing because you'd be in a lot of trouble. And I was so clueless and so naive. <laughs> and they had said, you know, we've been searching for him for the past six to nine months because he was oh. wanted for bank robbery. And I was like, excuse me. And they said, yeah, like quite a few, like 20. And I was just oh. so stunned and kind of mad at myself because I didn't know, you know? And so it was at that point where I started feeling like, oh my gosh, okay, so here we are where, you know, he, I did have a restraining order and he would still show up at my house, knocking on the door and, and different things like that. And he did not heed that. Well, now here we are um, with a criminal element coming into this, you know, into our lives. So I thought, all right, this is time for me to do something because I felt so trapped and like helpless, you know, and even the times when I had called the police before, um, like when he would show up on our doorstep and things like that, I, it took a while, right? So it took sometimes five minutes, 10 minutes. And I even had an instance where um, he was trying to break into our home to take my son. Um, and the police took 20 minutes and it's because it was, we we're kind of out. Um, the home that we were at was kind of out and about. But still, like, that's a ridiculously long amount of time. And you never know what else, what other calls they have, right? Like on the weekends, especially, it takes them a while sometimes. 
So I just thought, you know what, it's up to me to be, you know, to keep us safe. I realize that now, you know, I can't always have a dog with us or my dad or, you know, the police aren't going to show up like right when I need them usually. So it's time for me to step it up. So I found somebody who was very skilled and a very high level expert. And so I trained with him and just did like a little bit at a time, you know, and took baby steps. And yes, it was scary in the beginning. Um, And that's what I found like in these, when women want to learn self-defense, it's so nice to learn from a woman because for me, I know like this guy was great, but it was also really intimidating because he trains police, he trains military, you know, and here comes this mom, (laughs) you know, (laughs) was totally clueless. Um, But he was nice, you know, and he, he taught me and I took other workshops, like in-person workshops also, and just did the best I could to learn one step at a time to now I really feel like I can handle myself. So even though I am over 40 and I'm not, you know, um, I don't have a black belt, I'm not super strong or whatever, but I feel like I have a lot of options that are practical ways for me to be able to stay out of a situation to avoid it. And then if I did get into a situation, I know what to do. So, um, now what I've done is, uh, taken everything that I've learned and try to help other women because I will never, ever, ever forget what that felt like to be so like trapped and helpless. I did not want to feel that way. And I don't want any other women to feel that way too. So that's what I do now is help other women. Wow. That is incredible. Um, you know, even from the point of when you started just talking about being in a domestic abusive relationship, that in itself is, is overwhelming in so many different ways because it's not only you as a woman, it's you as a mother, and also as a child going through something like that. And then to find out that this person had continued the betrayal and the deceit and in the, to the level of being criminal, that is it, terrifying because it's not, you know, the person doesn't have the sense of fear by committing those crimes as well. You know, it's different when it's domestic abuse because it's a one-on-one thing, but they're going out in the public and they know they are, they're committing a crime. So even the law was not something that scared this person. And then for you to find that, that outlet, because it's not just having the courage to go and protect yourself, it's also that outlet so you could actually deal with your feelings in that space as well to know that, because, you know, living in that sense of fear would have been horrendous because, you know, you now know this person is not afraid to just show up at your door, is not afraid to break in or do anything of that nature. And so how are you going to stand up to this person? Um, you know, this it's, it's just incredible, you know, and I, I commend you on where you've come to and what you've done in your life. And, you know, like you said, your, your child was like three years old and now he's, you know, almost entering manhood, you know, in a few years. And I think that journey of being able to be that strong is something that he would probably as now as going into his adulthood as a man would appreciate having a strong woman who's capable and also respecting women to a very different degree. So it's changing that generational um, mindset and belief pattern, which I think is so important as well. Mm -hmm. I do want to go into your story a little bit more because I think it's so important to share the experience we've had and how we got through something, because I think there'd be people out there that are listening that would potentially feel similar things or might even be in a similar situation um, and they don't know how to get out of it. And I think, you know, from that moment of recognizing, you know, and, and a lot of the times, and I, I, I know personally from being in um, abusive and toxic relationships, a lot of the times people are like, how did you not know? How did you not see? And it's those kind of things. And I think, you know, that question you, you said to yourself, how, you asked yourself, how did I not know he was doing this? And I just want to go back to that point of, it isn't your fault, because I think that's the other thing you try to take that blame on. And it isn't actually your fault. So how did you start coping with those kind of thoughts to shifting into a different perspective? Right. 
Uh, that's a good question. So again, it was just baby steps, you know, and it was, I, I got a lot of counseling. Um, I remember too, even just trying to make myself better. I would listen to, um, this is going to date me because this was a long time ago, but I would listen to cassette tapes on my Walkman <laughs> while I would walk my son, you know, um, and, and listen to, um, these counselors cloud and Townsend, and they talk about boundaries and I listen to them a lot. And I'm also a person of faith. So I read the Bible and I, um, uh, was, was reading that a lot too. And, um, just really into helping myself become a better person. And, and it was also realizing, you know, that like you said, it's important to raise our next generation up, you know, in a healthy environment as best we can. And I had seen with my former husband, he did not really have a good childhood. So I can see how that cycle just kept happening and happening. And I had decided, no, like it stops here. I, I don't care what it takes. Like we're getting out. And I think that's when you come to that, that point of change where you realize your options, you know, and you realize you don't have any good options. Right. And so I remember thinking, you know, and a lot of women don't leave because of money. And I remember thinking, you know what, if I need to live, live in my car, then that's what it's going to be because I want peace. I want peace for yeah. my life, you know? And a lot of his abuse was emotional abuse. Um, there was some physical too, but a lot of it was emotional. So like, you feel like you're going crazy, you know, and you lose yourself. And so I remember it took a while to figure out again, who I was and try to get back to that core, you know? Um, but again, it was just baby step after baby step and just trying to do the best I could. And, you know, sometimes we, we don't, you know, you can't beat yourself up because it's like, you only know what you know, when you know it, right? So if we get stuck in the past, we'll get stuck in depression. If we get stuck yeah. in the future, we'll get stuck in anxiety. So it's like, you just have to live, you know, in today and just do the best you can. And yeah, I mean, I made, I made mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes, but it's like, you just keep going forward in the way you think you should. And you just kind of, you know, do the best you can. And, and then as you keep going, you know, you don't forget to look back. Cause it's like, you look back and you're like, okay, oh my gosh, like I made it this far. I know I can keep going. Yeah. Right. So that gives you hope. I think to, to remember, like just even the little steps, you know, Hey, like I don't live with him anymore. Oh my gosh. Like I made it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, life's still rough, but like I'm on the right path. So yeah, that, I think that's what helped me, um, get it, get through that. And then of course, like I mentioned, getting a mentor to help me with the self-defense and a silver lining of that was once I learned self-defense and I learned how to be more aware and prepared that really gave me confidence. And I wasn't really expecting that, you know, I was always a shy person, kind of naive, you know, but when I started learning that I was like, Oh my gosh, like, okay, I feel better, you know? And, um, of yeah. course, as women, I think we always struggle. Uh, most of us always struggle with confidence and I still do sometimes, you know, to be honest, but, um, confidence in being able to protect myself is, is strong for me now. And so that helps when you get that with the rest of your life too, I think. And it's just realizing like, okay, I did some tough things. Like, so I can do this next thing. Right. You know? Yes. So that's, what's helped me. That's definitely like so many gems in that, in, in just the journey to how you've gotten to where you've gotten to. And I, th and I think the important thing is that you mentioned is we don't know at times certain things and we don't have information. So we can't put ourselves in a situation of blaming ourselves or holding us to a high level of accountability when we didn't even have the information. And I think we can always, we can be our own worst enemy, right? We can kick ourselves so hard 
we don't need enemies because we can be that enemy for ourselves. And, and for, for those that are in those circumstances is to recognize where you are and whatever you learn now is the information you need right now and act upon that and keep acting upon that. And as you keep moving into those spaces, and it's the next right move. We might not know 10 moves, but we know the next right move. And then it eventually starts to unfold for you. Um, exactly. I, I love I love what you've shared. And I think it's so important because we still hear it today. There's so many of these cases still ongoing and women are struggling and men. We've also had men who are going through this that are struggling to move away from abusive relationships for a variety of different reasons. And one of them is that feeling afraid of what would happen if they did afterwards, because this person has so much power in their lives and how they make them feel and how they treat them and what they do to them on a physical level as well not just emotional mental and spiritually um you know there's there's all those variations of abuse um for you going and finding this mentor is obviously such a critical point for you and what was that you know what made you think that that's the person that's what i need right now you know it could have been get a gun right it could have been something like that but what was this direction because um, I'm someone that uses guns. Um, I grew up in South Africa. That's something we're aware of. Um, but it's, it's something that you could just say, well, if I had that, I'd, I'd feel safer, right? But for you, it took a different route. So what was that kind of decisioning in taking that decision? So luckily, I knew of this person because this person was a family friend. Um, so I knew I could trust him and I knew of his high level, you know, skill. So um, that was definitely helpful. But I had also done some other research and found um, another uh, very intensive um, in-person workshop, like a weekend workshop at a college nearby. And so that was helpful as well. Um, but hopefully that answers your question. No, that's, that's really good. And so what was this journey of becoming aware and prepared? How did, how did this self-defense and safety work start? So yeah, it just started with me wanting to, you know, know how to protect myself and my son. And then I started realizing, you know what? Oh my gosh, like this is information that all women should know <laughs> because so much of it is prevention, right? And it's it's being aware of our surroundings and trusting our intuition and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to stay away from, from trouble. So I had learned that. And then I, I was like, you know, this that would be so cool to like put all this together into a woman friendly space where I've taken things that are most important to us as women um, and put that together and then put it into an online course and just be able to help others. And yeah. I remember, you know, learning from him, um, it was cool, but because he wasn't a woman, like he didn't really know much about like our purse. Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, I did also learn gun training because of my situation was so gnarly. <laughs> um, so I did learn that, um, but it, it was just, it's different, I think, to learn from a woman because we know of, you know, different ways we dress and different tools we can carry and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that was key for me. So I just yeah. love helping other women be able to like feel better, you know, and stop feeling so yeah. vulnerable. Um, and it's not just people that have gnarly situations like I did, but um, just women who, you know, might be concerned about their safety and especially those of us who have, um, teenage daughters or nieces, you know, um, I have some young people I care about that have had some things happen to them. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we need yeah. to like really, really educate them. And I really wish somebody would have educated me, you know, not just about self-defense, but also about boundaries and, you know, emotional abuse. I didn't really know that much about it. So I wish yeah. I would have, but I think yeah. once you, once you understand more of that, then you can see it, you can spot it and you know, like, oh my gosh, like that's not right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm just kind of on a mission to help other women and then just help um, our young, young ones too, um, as a, as a whole. And then 
also not just girls, but like helping our boys and helping them understand how to help, um, you know, their girlfriends or whomever sisters um, stay safe and just kind of be an ally to them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's super, super important too, because there are a lot of men that are allies, but they also don't have the knowledge on how to communicate or how to support or how to help. And I think that's really, really crucial. And the work you're doing is phenomenal and we need so much more of it because like you said, it's not just when someone might be in an abusive relationship. Um, The other day I was walking and it was a little bit dodgy and I was like, "Hmm, I could send some people behind me. And then I took my keys and I put it through my finger, you know, just just so that I, I knew that if anything, like, you know, I had something that I could do, but it's things like that, that like, you know, as young girls um, growing up, they don't have that awareness to think that there might be danger around as well. And for me, this this awareness came from me growing up in Africa. You know, it didn't come, you know, like I live in Scotland at the moment, it didn't come from living here. And that kind of like sense of danger is present, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereby in countries that you don't see it every day, you're very unaware. You could have your earpods in and you could be running and just not even thinking someone might attack you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the kind of things we really need to educate young girls, women and young men as well. Um, I think, you know, you touched on, on, on your program that you, you, you developed and I, I would love for you to share what are those key areas that women should pay attention to? Because I think if we can, you know, educate now through this, it would be amazing. So tell us what, is, what are those key points? Sure. So with the online course, uh, there's four different modules in it. So the first one is all about situational awareness, which just means being aware of your surroundings and paying attention. Um, And I made that first because I feel like that is the most important thing. Um, And then the second one is my favorite because it's about um, being aware when you're out and about. So it's about um, driving. And like for us in California, we're in our cars a lot. So it's about just simple tips and tricks. Um, with driving and without while you're shopping and while you're traveling, different things like that. And then the third one. Do you want to share a little bit? Sorry, do you want to share yeah. a little bit about what those tips and tricks are for each of those modules? So even those that, sure. lis- that are listening can, can say, oh, yeah, if that was me in this situation, I wouldn't see it this way or I wouldn't think of yeah, it this yeah. way. Yeah. So let me back up. So the first one um, is about, you know, being aware of our surroundings. And so, um, I, I, in fact, I just did a class for um, a small group and I showed them two different pictures. So there was one of a woman who was leaning against the tree, looking down at her phone and she had her hands full and her legs were kind of, you know, leaning against the tree. And then I showed a different picture and the woman is walking, um, looking very confident with her eyes looking straight towards, you know, where she's walking and she has her purse on over her shoulder, but nothing's in her hands and she looks confident. So there's a huge difference in that. So when criminals look for who they're going to go after, they don't want a fight. They're looking for somebody who looks like they're not paying attention. So they're just looking at their phone. They're distracted. They might look a little bit weaker than somebody else. Um, So it's important to look confident and to be paying attention. And I I guess that would be the key thing um, with being aware of our surroundings. And then the second, where I was talking about um, being safe while you're out and about, Again, it's being aware. And then it's just thinking ahead. So um, things like when you're walking back to your car, you are noticing, you know, if there's anything, any weird papers on it that somebody's stuck on it or anybody hanging around um, that looks out of place, um, things like that. And then um, there's so many tips. So I'm like trying to yeah. pare it down as quickly as I can. Um, and, and I don't I don't want you to share the whole course, but I think some useful tips would be yeah, helpful to people right now. For sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, for people who don't have a car, like my, I'm thinking of somebody in like New York city or something, um, there's tips in there for traveling and then for just, um, uh, just being out and about, you know, you're just aware and you can use paying attention to reflections. So if you're in the subway or something, you can look at reflections or you can use your phone, pretend like you're taking a selfie and be able to see behind you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the third module was about how to keep your home and property safe. So, um, you know, everybody's in different circumstances here. I am in California, you're in Scotland. So, um, everybody's in different circumstances, but here, um, the police say that, that they really love it when people use those videos, like outside your door, Mm -hmm. there's Google nest or the ring doorbells. Um, that's nice to have. And, um, you know, just being sure that you don't advertise anything outside of your home. Like if you just got this huge TV, like don't leave the box out for the week until the trash man comes by, you know? Yeah. Um, and then keeping your appearance of your homes, um, uh, very clear, clean and simple. So you don't have a bunch of bushes that are kind of blocking the front door, that kind of thing. And then the last module of my course is so, oh my gosh, it's so near and dear to my heart because it's about keeping our loved ones safe. So it's about, um, when you're out with kids, some different tips you can do, um, to make sure that they stay safe. And it's talking to them about safety, but in a fun way, like even with some games. So it's not like, Ooh, you know, be, be wary of strangers. And like, you don't want to freak them out. Right. Yeah. Um, and you want them to learn in a fun way because we learn easier when we're having fun, I think. So, um, and then some things for kids to stay safe at school and, um, even dating resources at the end, we talk about, um, some dating resources that I wish I would have had. Um, so things like that. And then there's bonus sections in the course too, where I talk about different tools that I like to use. Um, and by the way, I did write an ebook on pepper spray because when I was learning everything that I was learning, I kept hearing different things about pepper spray. Like, does it help? Does it not help? You know? And what the heck, like, what is it? And how do I use it? You know? Cause I bought it and then I don't know, it kind of felt intimidating. Like how do I spray it? Or, you know, how far does it yeah. go? So um, I consulted with a couple different experts, like a former detective and then a doctor um, and put together all the info that I found on it and made it into a, a little ebook. And then it's on Amazon Kindle, or it's a free download off of my website. So it's called two things to know before buying pepper spray, do this first. Um, yeah. So people that have read it have said that it's been helpful. So I'm glad to, you know, to share that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Those tips are really, really useful and valuable. And I think one of the other things that um, I would, I would say as well is like social media as well is don't tag yourself in places. Like, you know, when you, when you're not home, don't tag yourself that you're out and about because that's, you know, people are being invited to bring in, you know, things like that. Like, hi, I'm not home. (laughs) Yeah. And even when you are at a place, if someone is watching you or stalking you or saying things like that, tagging Uh where you are is not like safe. Like I, I don't tag myself if I'm, if I post anything, it's always like a day or a month or months later when it happened. Because I I forget anyway, but I just don't tag in at that time because I think it's so important. Um, you know, there's so much data online that is harnessed from everything we do and we need Mm -hmm. to, you know, the security of our data is massive. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a whole other topic, Um, (laughs) but thank you so much for sharing those tips. And and those are so useful. And, and I'll tell you a funny story as well. I, um, when I first came to the UK, um, I actually traveled with pepper spray in my bag Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I carried pepper spray with me. 
-hmm. And when I landed at Heathrow Airport, I got stopped because I had pepper spray, pepper spray. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with that because that was like normal for me. And then they asked me like, you know, what is this? And I said, it's pepper spray. Right. And they were like, do you know what it does? And I was like, yeah, it's to protect myself, you know. <laughs> and they were like, you're not allowed to carry this. And I was like, thank uh, God. It was, you know, they weren't horrible to me and they let me through oh, and things good. like that. But that was that was my experience. And at that time, you know, that was my first international flight and things like that as well. And, mm. and I was actually coming to live in the UK at that time as well. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like terrified. And I was, but right. I, at first I was like, what's the big deal? I don't get right. it. And then yeah. after they had explained, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so I think I I did learn my lesson about pepper spray as well. So in in the UK, you don't necessarily carry things like that, right? Um, right. So yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing what you're doing and and I love the work that you're doing and I think it's so important and we want to support you as much as we can at the Wonder Woman Club. So um, so yeah, if there's any way we can support you and help you, do let us know as well because this is really important work. Thank you so but, much. Um, you're welcome. And I just want to thank you for such a amazing. Sh- you know, story as well as being so open and vulnerable with us and sharing all your experience. And uh, thank you for your time on the podcast. And I'm sure no doubt we'll, we'll chat to you again and maybe go into more detail about some other topics in the future. That would be amazing. Sure. But um, sure. thank you thank for being you. our guest today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.